that's something that triplets can do. Devin, but I go by Caitlin. <laughs> Don't ask me why. It's just what we do. It's just how we are. How I mean, how I am by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am the only me that there is. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Midweek Mafia. <laughs> Your midweek mini episode where we talk about lighter true crime cases to help you get to Sunday. Yeah. And finish up your week strong and on a high note because you are a beautiful, powerful queen. And you, and you deserve, deserve it. it. All right. So who is our midweek mafia boss this Me, week? Kel- it's Kelsko. So Kelsko, let's get into it. Yes. Woo. All right. So I'm warning you straight out of the gate. I'm going heavy and ending light. Okay. Okay. Because the first case is not long enough to be a real case, but I thought it was interesting and um, it's short. But essentially there were, there are, there I mean, I know when you, some, is. When someone's deceased. When you say were or are, but there were a pair. There are a pair of twins. Are they dead? Are they dead? Jennifer, one's dead. One's alive. That's so, it. Oh, oh, there okay. were and are a pair of twins. No, yeah, dead. like I was like, what's How does that work? But, no, they because uh, they're not twins anymore technically because one's dead. They're just they were. Themselves. They were twins. You're still twins, like the Marines. They're always twins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, there, there were and slash are gen, uh, a pair were? of twins called. Um, one of them's name is Jennifer Carrieri. And the other is Jody Lay Cornu. They were inseparable their entire childhood, as multiples often are, as we would know. Um, but on March 2nd, 1996, uh, Jody was sitting in her white Honda Civic in an empty shopping center parking lot in Townsend, Maryland, Townsend, Tozen, Maryland, at 3.40 in the morning, making phone calls at 3.40 in the morning. Hmm. When a man drew up to her in a white BMW model car, started talking to her through a, whole, uh, through a rolled down window. Okay. Um, nobody really knows what happened following, but following the exchange, he fired at her from behind the car, killing her with a single shot that pierced through the left rear passenger window, sliced through the driver's seat, and severed her spine. <gasps> oh, my God. After she was shot, she did still manage somehow to drive across the street to another shopping center, and she circled that parking lot until she died, and the car came to a stop. Oh, oh my God. God. The same man that shot her then followed and watched as this happened. He approached her in the car again, reached down across her lifeless body, took something from the car, and drove away. So what this was in 1993, 1996? Yes, 96. And she was only 23, and she was working part-time at a bank at the time in Hunt Valley, Maryland, pursuing studies at Towson State University. Yikes. Yes. So and the identity of this killer to this day still remains unsolved. So the reason this made recent news is because her sister, Jennifer Carrieri, has put up three billboards in Baltimore emblazoned the appeal, find my killer, and offering a $100,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of the person who murdered her. Wow, Kelsey, this is like her. three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, but that was three exactly. billboards so outside Exactly, she was actually Baltimore, got the idea from three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and because it really inspired me, because hopefully something's got to come up, because, I mean, it's definitely been, uh, like, a lifetime of ups and downs about this. Yeah. Uh, and, like, so that's what she's, it's, it's a story of someone, um, for the past 23 years, she's given countless interviews sharing her sister's story. She spent more than 30 grand in legal fees to fight the police with the police department for access to her sister's case files, which were never released. She has started a hashtag justice for Jody website, and she has mm-hmm. talked to everyone, even prison inmates who might have a lead. Um, her family, her, like, she has a husband and children who don't really understand, but she feels like she needs to kind of avenge her sister's death, and she doesn't really understand why her sister stops in this parking lot at 3.40 in the morning. Um, and why she was out so late by herself, and why like this had happened to her. So she's she's out, she's trying to uh, she's trying to figure it out. Oh my god! So like I said, starting heavy. Hashtag justice for Jody. Oh, I find. I Let's, find we're them. gonna look it up. I'll put a link in the in the description yeah, of this episode if we find the website. Okay. All right. That's a. It's like a good sister story, but so sad. I know. I'm sorry, but I thought it was interesting. Very interesting, but quick. We have to come up. I I misled the people. 
Okay. They're gonna stop listening. <laughs> it's not light at all. Uh, the next one is kind of funny, a little dark, and it's funny. Jesus, Kelsey. I'm sorry, but uh, a woman visiting is a woman is suing a local cemetery because as she was visiting her parents' Long Island burial pot, she descended plot. She descended into more than despair. I'm quoting the the, the article directly. She sank deep, like hip deep, into the grave as she stood there. <gasps> the sinkhole opened up. Oh God! Putting a bow on the headstone. Um, oh and, no! And she fell like six feet, and it caused her to fall forward and smash her head on the tombstone. And um, that was on December nineteenth, twenty sixteen. But it came to light because she, um, the St. Charles Resurrection Cemetery in Long Island are being hit now with a five million dollar lawsuit for it. Um, oh my she's god! An emotional wreck at, because of it. I mean, she goes, "I'll never go back there again." She says she has nightmares and she needs counseling. As would you if you fell into your parents' grave. Wait, did she I see know. the body? No, it had to be what? in a casket. What? Did she see her parents' body? No, no, it was just a sinkhole. Like, I mean, like, it's, imagine falling, like, getting sunk, sinking into the ground in a cemetery. Yeah, well, that's, that's like, drag me to hell. That's She's it. Fine. Some nightmare bullshit. Nope. Okay, so that's that not funny. <laughs> what the fuck, Kelsey? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she fell into the, into the cemetery. It's a little funny. It's, it's, it's a little funny, but it's, <laughs> that is dark. Whatever. Okay, anyway. Also, two weeks ago i think uh police in new york are searching for a man they say bit off a security guard's finger last month because the bar he wanted to visit was closing uh, that is my worst fear people are insane goes, i work at a bar and people are getting so at the angry Ellis california sports bar in jackson heights neighborhood of queens around four in the morning uh he said he wanted to enter the bar the bouncer wouldn't let him which was because it was closing and he bit off the guard's pinky oh which my doctors god were reportedly able to reattach thank so, goodness oh, thank goodness Ick. yes but that happened and also they're looking for more information on him so if anyone does have any uh, crime stalker is just looking for tips. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, my favorite state to find crime, a uh, man who was seemingly not in the Christmas spirit was arrested after he assaulted a man for singing festive songs. What? Uh, the man was a passenger in a car driving down Route 28 in Deer Town, East Deer Township, northeast of Pittsburgh, on March 4th, um, when he had assaulted the man because uh, citing a criminal complaint. So the driver of the car reportedly was singing Christmas carols on March 4th, which is far past the epiphany, so I get it. Criminal. Um, criminal. That's it. Criminal, festi <laughs> criminal festiveness. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I condone, but I, I get it. Lucas uh, was very upset, the guy Clayton Lucas. Uh, so he reached around the driver's seat and began choking him to the point where he almost lost consciousness. Jesus! Um, yes, he was very pissed. Um, but then when the police arrived to arrest him, he wouldn't cooperate and refused to listen to their orders and was eventually taken into custody. So I think he had bigger issues going on. Yeah, yeah dude. Like was he on drugs? My goodness. Sounds like it. Probably. Okay, we're getting lighter as we go. We're, we're getting lighter. Um, we're warming up. Uh, we're laughing a little bit more. <laughs> the, the corners of my mouth are turning up ever so slightly. That's a, a smidge. <laughs> okay, sorry. The next one is, this is more of a, um, I like I like stories that have to do with uh, like funny things with the police, you've noticed. So in Minnesota, police revealed they received a troubling call asking him to check on the welfare of a man standing outside in the snow hugging a pillow. Oh. Um, uh, so they went. I know where this is going. I know. Male with no coat outside in the cold. But when they got there, they discovered a cardboard cutout of my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, <laughs> which, which was pretty realistic. They did, uh, apparently the actual, um, the CEO heard about this and tweeted about it. That's but, so funny. Uh, yeah, says the call comes as Minnesota experiences extremely cold temperatures and low wind chills due to the Arctic air mass. So that's why people were, people were afraid for him. Yeah. People are so nice that like, close to Canada. They were just like, who is this poor man sleeping out here? No, <laughs> when I was in college, me and Matt were walking home, and these assholes had, like, built a very realistic-looking snowman and put clothes on him on a bench. And, like, and like, put, like they put, like, a, um, like a, a hat over the face, you know? Yeah. And I thought a drunk kid had, like, passed out and frozen 
on the quad. Oh, oh my god! And we, and we were like, we called, we called security. We were like, I, I'm scared to walk up to this thing because if it's a dead body, I don't want to see it. But uh, it's it's it had been there for like an hour. I was like, um, oh no! And it was just a very realistic looking snowman. So I understand. I think it's tough though. Whenever I see something that's kind of sketch, I'm like, do I go investigate this and potentially save the day, or do I stay as far fuck away from it and make it somebody else's problem? I that was what I struggled with. Yes, yeah. I would stay there and like be near it. But you're right; it would take some courage to go up to it. Yeah, because like once like I tried, I couldn't do it. I realized what, what the, the the reach of my bravery is. Wait, so are there. you saying you waited for security to get there for them to then tell you it was a snowman? Yep. Oh my god, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> it was very much so. Yes. Hey, but, but you know. know what? You did the right thing. It's okay. You did. It's hey. better than leaving a poor frozen kid on a bench. It's a kid made of frozen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's very possible. I fell asleep on the quad that one time, so. What, what's next? Um, okay, so this is my last one. I'm sorry if this was not good. I did not mean to be so dark. No, it's <laughs> great. Really interesting that it's not funny. Usually we do stupid. This is interesting. Okay, this last one is that after lots of, of, of a ton of complaints, um, some of which um, had driven people to violence, CVS is finally changing its on-hold jingle after a Massachusetts doctor couldn't take hearing the music anymore. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Stephen Schlossman, a child psychiatrist at the Massachusetts General Hospital, uh, literally would send, had sent letters to CVS uh, explaining his hatred for the jingle. Dear CVS, please change your music. Please do the right thing. The jingle haunts me day and night. I hear it in my sleep. I hear it when I go running. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of humming that melody. It haunts me day and night. It's not healthy. I know I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so they uh, a letter sparked a nationwide debate with some people praising the music and other people sharing his sentiments. And uh, the Wall Street Journal eventually called it one of the most polarizing pieces of music in America. Wait, I um, need to find a recording it? of this. But the CVS spokeswoman says that they expect the phone voice response phone system, including the on-hold music, to be updated by later in 2019. So uh, the change is coming. The change and is coming. People's sanity were therefore saved. Oh my god, how funny. It is funny. The people created a change. They rise up. They rose yep, up. They rise up. <laughs> so that's Good all one. I got for you today. No, it was, it was great. great. Thanks, Kelsco. I am fascinated by that first story. Yeah, we're gonna put the um the link to the Justice for Jody website in the description so you can learn more. Yeah. All right, guys. See, that's why I didn't want to end with that. Yeah, so. you're right. That would have been a huge I'm gonna downer. downer. We need another pep talk. We don't have time for that shit today. It's Wednesday. We got stuff to do. Here we go. <laughs> Fire it up! Moving on! If for no other reason than we have shit to do. Okay, before we go, guys, we have to say our our last words. What are, how, where are we right now? I'll go first. I'm excited. I was going to say excited. Oh my god, both of us are excited. excited. Kelsko, are you excited? I'm I'm, ex I'm excited. Mostly relieved, but yes, also Relieved. Excited. Okay, so we got two excited and relieved. Right, double order excited and single order relieved. I like it. <laughs> With a little bit of scareful on the side. <laughs> Well, then we're skeptimistic. And a bit of skeptimistic. Just a little dash of skeptimistic. All right. All right, friends. We love you so much. You know where so to find much. us. Crime Code Podcast at Gmail, Instagram slash Crime Code Podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash Crime Code Podcast. And please tell your friends. We will see you on Sunday. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.